0: Thank you, Alfred. It's indeed been a tremendous joy, I mean that from the bottom of our hearts, for Cindy and I to be with you during those times of need. They say a friend in need is a friend indeed, and I hope that we have been a friend indeed. I know you have been to us, I mean that sincerely, as we've gotten to know many of you. I want to thank you for the way that you have ministered to our hearts each Sunday that we've been here. Just comments about the encouragement that somehow the Holy Spirit's taken the Word of God and spoken to your heart and brought a message that you needed to hear just at that right time and uh, how the Lord blessed and I just want to say that we're going to miss you we're thankful of course for Pastor Lloyd as he begins his transitional ministry with you next Sunday but uh, and this will bring a bit of a continuity and stability to you as a congregation which I think you need and guest speakers each Sunday's because uh, you don't know who's coming each sunday and to have somebody there in the pulpit that you can get to know and that is good uh, pray for us these days we continue to wait for the lord to continue to open doors for us in pastoral ministry we're waiting upon the lord to uh, direct us to a church and congregation and pastorate too so we're just praying the lord will kind of guide and direct and who knows in the future if there's opportunities for guest speakers here um they know where they can get a hold of me and uh we can uh, we can always come back. Cindy's not with me this morning. Uh, the reason being is um, our three daughters um, were not able to celebrate Mother's Day earlier this month with her. We were in San Francisco at an event and over the um, Mother's Day weekend. And so they said, listen, when you guys get back, we'd like to take mom to... Uh, to um, a nursery gardens area here in Edmonton, all three daughters, and so that's where they are right now, just having a brunch day today, just a mother and three daughters and a time of celebration. So I left this morning with her. I said, listen, just have a wonderful time with, with Heather, Christy, and Lindsay, and uh, you have deserved their love. You've been a great mom, and uh, think of us in prayer. So that's where she is. Um, and I'd also like you to remember, um, I just got a... Um, a text a couple of days ago from my brother who's in missional ministry in Chattanooga Tennessee him and his wife Sherry he is eight years my older brother and uh, really my only full brother I have an older brothers a half brother but this is my only true biological brother in full. Um, and full uh, and he texted me to say that uh, he has recently been diagnosed with stomach cancer And uh, he starts treatment tomorrow radiation one treatment for five days for five weeks okay Um, and then as well a bit of mild chemotherapy and then in the first week of July I believe it is then his doctor uh, they will uh, consult with their doctors and look inside and see if surgery is necessary or not Uh, He's hoping it won't be because it's quite evasive and it's long-term as far as um, recovery. But do remember him. If the Lord just happens to lay Mia and Cindy on your heart, and you remember my brother Kel, his name's Kel, K-E-L, just pray that God will just uh, uh, deliver him from that. Um, But I thought I could share that with you guys. Uh, But we're going through. His faith is strong. He loves the Lord. Uh, God is faithful, as we just sang, through, what, times of storm. He is our rock, and He supports us, and He's our stability during this time. Um, but they have, uh, they're depending upon Him, so um, do, do remember that in prayers. So, appreciate that. Well, these Sunday mornings together, we continue studying and praying the prayers of the Apostle Paul for spiritual and missional renewal, right? Right? And as Christians, we all desperately need to be renewed spiritually from time to time. I know I do. I go through times of deserts and I, times of, of storm and just need that refreshment, that pick-me-up, that, that just renewal that, that He can only Himself bring. And Spiritual renewal begins as each of us pray for it, for our own walk with Christ. Well, in keeping with that prayer and missional theme, we looked this morning at Colossians chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to take them and open them with me to Colossians chapter 4. And we'll be looking at verses 2 through 6, at Paul's prayer for our outward witness. God's called us to be salt and light, right? And to be testimonies and witnesses for him. The Great Commission is what? I've ask you to go into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature, what, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I'm with you always to the end of the world. That are, is his last marching orders to the church. We are his church, and this is what we are to carry out. So an outward witness, and also a lifestyle that backs that witness is his prayer. It's one thing to tell people, you need to come to know Jesus But if they know from our lives that we're not living Christ, then what what good is the testimony of that witness, right? So both our personal lives have to back up what we say in our witness. In other words, does my life back my talk? Am I walking the talk? Or just talking the walk? All right? So a prayer for outward witness and a lifestyle that backs that witness. So I'm going to ask that you stand with me as we... Read God's holy word. Let's stand together. Follow along as I read this incredible prayer. I've called it a prayer for open doors, open mouths, and open lives. Hear the words of the Apostle Paul. Colossians chapter 4. I begin reading at verse 2 through 6. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the open doors that you give us throughout our day, each day, to bear our testimony and witness for your Son, whom we love our Savior. And It's also important, not only the message that we share of the Gospel, but also how we share that message and to have lives that back that message by a clear and personal testimony for you. So would you open our eyes and open our hearts this morning to what the Holy Spirit wants to say, how we can be more effective missional witnesses for you today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a few questions as we begin the message this morning, and these are questions I want you to think about in your own personal walk and testimony and sharing your faith with Christ. First of all, what do you find most difficult about sharing your faith with Christ with others? What do you find the most difficult? Let's talk together. Can we do that a little bit? We're a little smaller group today, so let's talk together. What do you find the most difficult and challenging as you share your faith with others. And I'm assuming that you are praying and striving to do that, right? So what are some of the roadblocks? What are some of the hindrances? What are some of the obstacles? Let me hear from you. Where to start? Yeah, where to start? Okay, who to start with? That there's, we're surrounded by so many people, where do I start? Okay, good question. What's another struggle or obstacle? The old one, what's that? Yeah, okay, all right. How am I to share the gospel? What is the gospel? All these. Here's another question. Where is the biblical balance between sensitivity and boldness, right? Some of us in our walk with Christ are like bulls in China shops. We just come in and just blast it out. You need Christ. You need him now, and 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 the tone of voice, ooh, or the approach can be very caustic, okay. And yet, I don't want to go the other extreme where I just so shy. You know, we're, we're 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 so sensitive that Paul says, "What I proclaim." the gospel message so where's that balance right between sensitivity and boldness that's a really good question here's another one to what extent should we go against our personality in witnessing like if I am an extrovert and bold and I have no problem with being in people's face and telling them listen brother you need to come to know Christ as your savior and that's just my personality well what about being sensitive though to that person or the opposite if you're sensitive and kind of a little bit of an introvert in personality how does that balance out with also but I need to share the gospel with somebody right and and to do that so there's a balance there and when it comes to personality here's another question should a shy person be bold got some head shaking should a bold person be more sensitive? Okay, there's the balance, right. And how can we be more alert to op- for opportunities for presenting the gospel? Well, as the Apostle Paul nears the end of his life in a prison cell in Rome, he writes a final letter to the believers in the church in Colossae. And in Colossians chapter f- 3 verse 5, the previous chapter, all the way through to chapter 4 and verse 6. That's the context. What Paul is doing in that portion of Scripture in his letter to the church is he is concluding his series of general exhortations about the way the Lordship of Christ is to be lived out in our daily lives. Is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? I hope He is. He's not just your Savior, He's your Lord. And how has that lived out, His Lordship of, in, in my life, in what? My daily life. And so when we come to Colossians chapter 4, in verses 2 through 6, Paul's now going to look outward. And it's with a focus on his evangelistic work and the community's relationships in the church with what? Non-Christians. We've heard this morning of a couple of our church family that, praise the Lord, have been granted new opportunities for employment. Great. But coming with that employment will be opportunities for now a new mission field in where they're working to be testimonies for Christ. God has placed you as a granule of salt and a shaft of light in that new workplace. Great opportunities. Working with non-Christians. And then Paul asks them to pray for him and for Timothy. And it's what I have called a prayer for open doors, open mouths, and open lives. Well, in this powerful prayer, Paul gives us three pieces of advice in being a wise witness for Christ. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, I want to be more wise in my witness for Jesus Christ. Do you? Amen? So how do we do that? How can I be more wise? as a witness for Jesus Christ. Well, Paul's going to give us three pieces of advice. You can follow along in your sermon notes there and these pieces of uh, the blanks that are there and follow along. Well, number one, as I study this passage, I see that to be a wise witness for Jesus Christ, first of all, here's the first piece of advice, is that Paul says, if you're going to be more wise in your witness for Christ, you've got to first of all devote yourself to Prayer. And make the most of every opportunity. Devote yourselves to prayer and then make the most of every opportunity. So, first of all, it is a prayer for open doors. Open doors. And just as Paul opened his letter to them back in Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 1, if you look at verse 3, Colossians 1 3. He began his letter to them by saying, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we what? Pray for you. And he's assuring them of his prayer for them. And so just as he began his letter to the Colossian church with, we're praying for you, he concludes his letter with that same assurance. I want to let you know we're praying for you. And this final section concludes with Paul's encouragement that they should be faithful in prayer for him as well. Verse 2. Continue steadfastly in what? Prayer. Now this is no mere formality, but this is a sincere and honest expression of what Paul believed was the indispensability absolute necessity to rely upon prayer for him and Timothy and their early mission. Very wise to say to him, listen, we recognize that there's no way that God's going to open up a door, no way God's going to penetrate Ambleside and Terwilliger community with a gospel. Unless we are first of all sensitive to the absolute dependency of this church and people upon what? Praying. Praying that God will open up doors. So continue steadfastly in prayer. And that word, continue steadfastly, has the basic sense of persist at this. Remain at this. And so would people. Be loyal to somebody and with things occupy yourself diligently with or pay persistent attention to prayer. So prayer, notice, is our first step as Christians in being wise witnesses for Christ. In other words, before you and I talk to a person about God, we talk to God first about that person, right? Absolutely. So continue steadfastly in prayer. Notice being watchful in it. Keep awake. Be on the alert. It's drawn from the imagery of guard duty. we have all seen those cartoons or those movies where the prisoners inside the jail and the jail keeper is kind of at the desk there and it's boring and the sun's coming through and he's warm and he's kind of got his feet up on his desk and he's kind of just, you know, falling asleep and the dog's there and the prisoner's kind of getting the dog to kind of get, get the keys, kind of get the keys. Because why? The jailer is sleeping, get the, get the keys, right? No, jailer has to be alert. This is the idea here, right? It's the sense of an impending threat requiring constant alertness. And prayer functions as that. It's a vital channel of communication for us with God, our Commander-in-Chief. What we as watching believers are to do is not watch for Christ's return, but watch for what? Watch our own lives in light of the return of Christ. Be watchful. He could come back today. Come back tomorrow. And notice... And, and, uh, and notice, if you would as well, that it's being watchful with thanksgiving. And that provides an important balance to the call for watchfulness. We are to keep alert not in a spirit of fear or anxiety but with the confidence and the assurance that what our resources in Christ are more than equal to the potential challenges. And so from prayer in general, Paul next in verse 3 moves to prayer for himself, Timothy and others in ministry that are engaged in ministry notice verse 3 look down at your Bible at the same time believers in the church in Colossae as I asked at the beginning of my uh, prayer or sermon uh, service for my brother at the same time pray also for us I like that about the Apostle Paul don't you Paul's not embarrassed in understanding prayer as asking for things and on behalf of people. Do you ask for prayer? Do you ask for prayer? I do. I know I need prayer. I need prayer for my brother. I need prayer for my, my sister-in-law who's, who's finding it a bit of a struggle, you know, of course, with her, with her husband having come down now with, with cancer. But it's not, it's not bad. I think it's a good thing. To, to come up to people and to say, listen, I, I just want to let you know, I could really use your prayer at this time. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for my wife? Would you pray for this situation Rather, you I know you do. But do you ask for prayer? And what specific request does Paul ask prayer for? And this is where the prayer gets personal and exciting. Look at me at verse 3. This is what I want you to pray. At the same time, Pray also for us that, notice, God may open to us a door for the Word to declare or assert or proclaim the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. That is, that God may give us an opening for preaching. It's The idea that He would throw open a door. And doing some research and study with some commentaries, some of them brought out the thought, and it's a good thought to think about, remember where Paul is when he's writing this. He's in where? Prison. Do you think there's a door there in the prison? Yeah. And it's locked. He can't get through it. Is there a tie-in with pray for a door of the Word, be open with the thinking of what? The door of the cell. I don't know. And Paul does not pray that he or some other minister might have an open door to walk through, but there might be an open door of what? For our message. It's not about us. It's not about the servant. We're just simply vessels and instruments, right? It's a prayer for the Word, the message. It, It is God's Word that must be given entrance. It is God's word that that must be able to go out through that open door and have the power to transform lives and, and, and beings. If you look back in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6, what does he say there? Which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is being fruitful and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. <clears throat> the Word of God grows and bears fruit among the Colossians and all the world. And it's God who prepares the way for the message of the Gospel. He provides opportunities, and it is God who, often, who softens the hearts of listeners by His grace. Now, I think it's very interesting, don't you, that in verse 3, the Apostle Paul refers to the gospel as, notice, the mystery of Christ, of which I am what? Imprisoned. What does that mean? Why, Paul, did you use that term mystery of Christ? Well, he doesn't mean that the gospel is mysterious. Nobody can really figure it out or understand it. No. Rather, the word mystery refers to a truth as previously unknown, but now has what? Been revealed. It refers to the truth that salvation, which had previously been revealed only to the Jews, was now available to what? Also the Gentiles. Every person, whether Jew or now Gentile, can now enjoy right-standing and equal access to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And this was certainly the primary theme of the letter itself. In fact, if you turn back again to Colossians chapter 1, notice verses 25 to 27. Paul says, "...of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known." The mystery, Colossians 1.26, hidden for ages and generations, but now is what? Revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Chapter 2 and verse 2 that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love now notice to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is where? in Christ even back in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20 and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross. Universal reconciliation. And it was on the count of this very gospel that Paul had been in prison, arrested, thrown in the slammer, and also in chained to two Roman guards right now. It's for the sake of which I am in chains. It might convey the idea more clearly. I'm in chains now because of proclaiming the mystery, the truth of the gospel to the Gentiles as well as to the Jew. And there are many persecuted Christians in prison today. Do you realize that? I know in my pastorates through the years, I always dedicated the first Sunday in November for Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church and we took time to pray for different countries every year and given the bulletin the actual testimonies of brothers and sisters by name and location geographically where they are and why they're now in prison for their faith and we would pray for them each November Sunday And do you realize that there are more Christians today at this time in which we're living being persecuted than any other time in the history of Christianity. We need to pray for them as today they find themselves, what? In chains. In prison. So to be a wise witness for Christ, the first thing you and I need to do is devote that responsibility and myself to prayer. And then to make every opportunity it's a prayer for open doors. Are you praying for that? I guarantee that if today, you'll just begin praying for open doors. Just, just say, Lord, this next week, would you make me alert? Would you make me aware as I look around for open doors for opportunities to share about you? You'd be amazed at how many opportunities and open doors come before you that God places before you and you don't what even see them so if we're praying Lord give me eyes to see give me a sensitivity give me a discernment of people in my workplace in my neighborhood on my in the squash courts in the bowling teams and places that I work and and shop and, and take my dry cleaning to and and take my car for the mechanic, and all of these things, Lord, every day you cross my path with tens if not hundreds of people. Give me eyes to see the open doors that are there for a witness for you. The second piece of advice in which being a witness for Christ is notice in verse 4, we need to talk about the content of the gospel. We need to talk about the content of the gospel and it's a prayer not only for open doors but now for open mouths. Verse 4, look at it with me. Pray for us that I may make it clear what I ought to speak. Help me to make it clear. Well that then asks us the question what is the gospel public committee just a month or so ago in touch with me one of the questions on the questionnaire was pastor explain to us what is the gospel I said that's a great question thank you and I said I want to thank you for that because there's a lot of misunderstanding even amongst preachers what is the gospel like as a hospital chaplain in Drayton Valley a couple of weeks ago, and I had a, her funeral yesterday at, um, at, at the funer, a funeral home um, in Glenwood in uh, Sherwood Park. A, a lady that I had a chance in, to, to lead to Christ, and, and she only had a couple of, of weeks to, to live. Her first name was Suzanne, and uh, just a tremendous opportunity. And so when I sit beside her bed, and I've established a relationship with her for the last two or three visits, and now for the first time, the Lord has allowed her and I to be alone without her large family around her and nurses doing their, their, their jobs and duties. I said, Lord, give me now wisdom. I only have this one shot. I'm about to head off on holidays for a couple of weeks. This is my last opportunity. It's now quiet. She's receptive. And my prayer to him at that time was, Lord, help me to be very clear. And simple as a "She needs to hear," because she's about to die, and she did, two weeks later, the gospel message how she needs to know. Like, I had better know that. The stakes are so high, it's her soul for eternity, right? And it's the same with you. So when you have an opportunity to share the gospel, do you know what the gospel message is you're to share? Some use the Romans road. That's great. I like to just use the ABCs of the gospel. It's as simple as A-B-C. Even a child can understand this. And I still use that as a pastor. In 40 years of ministry, I still say what? Let me share with you the ABCs of the gospel. I use the analogy picture of a baseball diamond. Base one, base two, base three, and home to heaven. I said, let's go to base one. You want to be on base one? Then A. You know what A is? I say to the person. What's you go, what? What? What's A? I say A is John or Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and come short of the gospel, glory of Christ. All people always at all times have to begin with recognizing that they are sinners. And that's when I say to them, you know, I'm a sinner. I know you're a sinner. Do you agree with me? Is there something that you've done that's displeasing to God? We're all sinners. Begin there. A all have sinned. A person cannot come to faith in Christ without them first recognizing and admitting, I am a sinner. All. A. And if they're willing to admit that, most are. I very rarely come across somebody who says, sinner? Me? Oh, I'm not a sinner. Oh, if they ever do that, by the way. If they if you're ever talking with somebody and they say that to you, say, Oh, I'm not a sinner. I don't sin. You know what you do? It's kind of just grab them and kind of twist their arm or do something to hurt them. And when they get mad at you, say, Ah, sinned. <laughs> I'm not saying intentionally hurt people, don't misunderstand me, but but I just feel like gotta kind of, Little pin, little pin, ouch! Why'd you do that? You mad at me? Yeah. See, you sinned. All right. So, <laughs> all is sinned. They agree to that. Move to base B. Second base is B. Does anyone know what B means? Believe. They need to believe what? Romans five eight. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ what? Died for us. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And if you're the only one in this world, Jesus Christ still would have loved you and gave his life for you. It's the greatest message. Do you believe that? Oh, well, I don't know. Or yes, I do. In this case, she said, yeah. I've always wondered about Christ on the cross, but you're saying to me that he died for me. I said, yeah, do you believe that? Like, can you really believe that? She said, I do. It's so a great a is admit, admit all of sin. You can use either the word all or admit. B, believe. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And then C, you can use either the words confess or call upon Him. First John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful to what? Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right? So what's the gospel message? Admit that you're a sinner, believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, and confess your sin to Him and call upon Him in repentance of your sin. That's the gospel, simply. And this was Paul's burning conviction and sense of duty. Can that be said of you as well? just how burdened are you to make the gospel message clear to your unsaved family and friends ask for prayer that God would make it clear in presenting the gospel folks we're dealing with a soul we're dealing with eternity there is a hell that they're heading to If we do not present the gospel clearly to them they're lost they will perish for eternity. That's how this high the stakes are. All right? So we had better know the gospel message, what is the gospel, and then to present it as simply and clearly. Don't muddy it up. Don't confuse it. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Just simply present the ABCs of the gospel. Well, in Colossians, the Apostle Paul is giving us three really good pieces of advice in being a wise witness for Christ. Devote yourself to prayer. Make every most of every opportunity. Talk about the content of the gospel. You're not there to talk to them about different denominations and what do they feel about this particular religion versus that religion or this subject or that. You don't need to talk to them about well, whether the Bible is the Word of God or not, is Jesus Christ God, is He the Son of God, the, sh- the Shroud of Turin, we don't need to talk about you know, all of these different preachers and versions and translations of the Bible. Folks, it's simple. The only thing that's going to save them, the Holy Spirit's going to use, is what? The truth of the Word of God and the truth of the Gospel message. Amen? That's the only thing that's going to save them. They need desperately to hear that. So that's your focus. Be laser beam focused on the gospel and sharing that with them. Well, the third and final piece of advice in being a wise witness for Christ is you've got to and I've got to back our talk with our walk and then talk about the gospel in a winsome manner. right? Back your talk with your walk and talk about the gospel as you do, as you share the gospel in a winsome manner. And that's for a prayer for open lives. If we've we've been praying for open doors and we've been praying for open mouths, this is now prayer for open lives. Verses 5 and 6. He says, notice verse 5, walk in wisdom Toward outsiders. I think that's fascinating. It's how I'm to walk and before whom I'm to walk. I'm to walk in wisdom. Oh Lord, how to be more wise in my, in my walk toward and with outsiders. Those who are outside of Christ. And as the Colossae believers walk through the marketplace, as you and I walk through our marketplaces and places of business, places of recreation, we need to be ready to respond if we are ever asked what? Questions. Questions about your own personal faith in Christ. So I need to walk in wisdom, one of the main emphasis of this letter. In fact, if you turn back to Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual what? Wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him being fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Drop down to verse 28, Colossians 1, 28. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all what? Wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Chapter 2, verse 3. In whom are hidden all the treasures of, next word, wisdom and knowledge. Chapter 2, verse 23. These having indeed an appearance of, next word, wisdom in promoting self made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. You need wisdom. Chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all... Next word? Wisdom. wisdom. Speaking, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. So you can see that walking in wisdom was one of the main emphasis of the letter to the Colossians. So walk, conduct yourself wisely in all of your dealings with those outside of Christ. Now he goes on to say here, redeeming or buying up the time or making the best use of the time, use your opportunities to the full. Very interesting use of the term in the Greek there because Paul's talking about redeeming or buying up the time it pictures a businessman or it pictures an investor who knows an opportunity to make money when he sees one you know people like that they're entrepreneurs they have a real nose they can smell a deal they can smell an opportunity they I know people like that they're really sharp that way, they can just see, "Oh, Bella, if we just, if we just uh, create ice cream here for these people that are hot, then they'll probably eat that ice cream. Or what these people need are this or that. Very, very fascinating, how they have it in this insight. And it's the idea that he quickly moves in before the opportunity's gone. You only have a certain window of time. People are quick as businessmen an opportunity to pounce on that All right Or that careful shopper, ladies and guys it's both both can be shoppers. I'm thankful that I'm not married to a uh, a, sh- a great shopper. she's very content with what she uh, she has but I have to actually even push Cindy out let's go to West Edmonton Mall just for you now you're not there buying for the grandkids this is a time for you to buy a new dress or a new blouse or a skirt or pair of shoes and I then have to get on her And, and you say man you're a blessed man to have a wife like that like I am I recognize that all right she's not a spender she's a saver and she would rather buy for other people than herself but it's the idea here of that careful shopper who knows that the sale item will be gone within the first hour. So she gets to the store early to take advantage of what? The good deal. A wise witness is on the alert to buy up opportunities to share the gospel of Christ with the lost it's a a very interesting prayer here as you talk with others about the gospel he gives us three directives here in buying up the opportunities first of all always be what? gracious he goes on to say as you engage in regular conversations with unbelievers verse 6 let your speech Which by the way, i just got a thought here. It it goes against the Christian who says, Pastor, am I hearing you say that I am to speak and share the gospel with people? I thought I can just let my little light shine. I'll just live Christ before people. I don't need to talk to them about Jesus. Oh yeah? Why does then Paul say let your speech? You got to speak. You've got to let people know about Jesus, okay? You can't just say, well, I'll just live Christ before them and hopefully they'll come to Jesus through my living my life before them. Listen, they won't. They need to hear the gospel. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to speak. So let's talk a little bit about here. How do we share the gospel? First of all, I think it's neat that the Holy Spirit, knowing us, says, listen, the first thing is, as you share the gospel, let your speech and communication of the ABCs of the gospel always, always be gracious. In other words, don't don't speak in condemning or condescending manner to a lost sinner. Instead, every time you share the gospel you're going to be kind and you're going to be humble. I find, listen here's a tip, I find if I identify with the sinner first and just say to them you know I was once like that but for the grace of God. If you'll have that approach and attitude And get down to their level, what you say will be much more welcome and received. So be gracious with people. Please, be humble. Christians, we can be so caustic, so condemning, so look down our holier-than-thou noses at people and say... Do you know Christ your Savior? No, I wouldn't know Christ my Savior. Well, you need to know Christ your Savior. What's wrong with you? Come on, get your act together spiritually, and you've lost them. No, or they start to share. Well, you know, I I, Christ could never forgive me. I've I've done too many bad things. You have? Oh wow. Well, maybe you got a point there. You know? No, no, no. Just say to listen. Move over. We're in the same boat together, right? There's no sin that you've committed that Christ won't forgive. You've got to get down to their level. Let them realize that's why Jesus Christ came into the world. But let's be gracious, folks. Christians can be really condemning Very condescending, no. So let your speech always be gracious. Secondly, be interesting.
1: (laughs) Be interesting.
0: It says here, seasoned with what? Salt. Salt that seasons, that is, make more interesting what would otherwise be bland to the taste. Ever had meals that you go, this is bland? but you add a little bit of what? Salt and shazam! It's amazing. It perks it up. Makes it more palatable, more tasty. And this has to do with opportunities for lively interchanges with non-Christians on topics and in style which expects to find a positive connection with the person you're talking with. It would be conversation which reflects the attractiveness of, of the character displayed of all by Christ and the idea is having a conversation with the unbeliever that is natural where he or she is not fearful or threatened. It's interactive but it's open and in a positive relationship with your neighbors. Remember salt had two main uses in Paul's day. It was used as a preservative from spoiling the meat and it was used as a spice for making the food taste better and so your speech should be pure and free from corruption and your presentation of the gospel should stimulate stimulate the hearers taste to want more don't be boring please don't be boring when you're talking to somebody working, I used to have great conversations working at Continental Can paper packaging plant. I was just a new Christian about four or five years ago in Ontario, and I'd go to work, and, and they'd gather together at their breaks at the smoke booth, and I'd, I'd go there, try to hold my breath, not being a smoker and that. And then, then I'd wait for opportunities to talk. I'd never talk to the men in mass in the factory, because they would think that's the greatest fun if I could come in there and talk to tenors, For 15 guys there, right on their smoke break. No, I'd wait for one-on-one opportunities, and I'd see a guy sitting there at lunch, and I'd say, "Anybody sitting here?" No, I'd sit down with them, and now my speech seasoned with salt. I I talked to them on sort of questions like, like let's let's play the game a little bit this morning. What topic could you talk about today that would raise the interest of somebody? that you could lead them to think about spiritual things in the gospel. Let me hear from you. What topics to make it interesting? What's that? Absolutely. Use current events. Say, And that's how you begin. Did you hear what happened in Manchester, England? Yeah. What do you think about that? Terrible. You know? And now they're making arrests over there and it, it, it seems to be related to terrorism and, 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 uh, and maybe some um, militant Islam. And, and, and that leads me to ask you a question. Do you, know you, think, do you think religion can be aggressive and, and can be dangerous? Great question. Get them thinking. Throw some salt. And they get thinking, yeah, you know. Do you think Jesus Christ was ever militant and aggressive to that degree? Never thought of that before. I don't think so. I don't think he was either. He was gracious. But use current events, keep it interesting, keep it active. All right? Don't be boring. And lastly, be sensitive, notice, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Paul says that you must know how you should respond to each person. And so pray for wisdom as you speak so that you'll know how to respond to the person's unique needs. So be gracious, be interesting, and be sensitive. There are so many ways that you and I can make a difference. And how we interact with our neighbors and friends and family and even strangers, even in our everyday lives, leaves a mark and an impression. We can directly or indirectly change the world we live in. Every action, big or small, as an individually as individually or as a group, has the potential to change lives forever. What does Paul what does Paul in this passage of Scripture want us to pray for? Two things open doors and a powerful word. For God to work in the unbeliever and for God to work in us. And the point of Paul, the God's counsel through Paul to us this morning is twofold. Be willing to seize the opportunity that God gives you. Don't be silent and be gracious. Always be gentle in your reply if they ask you a question. This is what we all can do. From the youngest Christian to the most mature believer and that is what we must do to serve Christ as his witnesses here on earth like last time we're going to stand and we're going to pray this text of Scripture and it's on the overhead screen maybe you can flash that up there and it's also in your worship folders there and I've also put in for you the little slashes That kind of is where we pause. And instead of me asking you to repeat after me, my wife gave the suggestion last time, next time, just pray the prayer together in unison. And we're going to do that, okay? So there it is. Thank you, Dave, for putting that up. And let's stand together and let's pray this prayer ourselves, all right? This is prayers for open doors, open mouths, and open lives, right? Let's pray this prayer together. Together, begin heavenly father help me to be consistent in my prayer life give me vigilant eyes and a thankful heart place before me doors of opportunity that i might share your precious word and present the truth about jesus christ with others who need you father give me holy spirit power To open my mouth boldly that I might make your word crystal clear that others might easily understand it. And help me to back up my witness for Christ by a clean life that honors Christ. Give me wisdom in what I say to others and how I live. I pray my words will always be gracious, interesting and sensitive that I may know how I ought to answer their questions. Help me to be a wise witness for Christ, in whose name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen, Amen. Let's now go out from this place, praying for open doors, open mouths, and open lives. Call upon the worship team at this time. Let's remain standing.